want to get high, man. Let's stimulate your mind. Get up, Chucky. What have we got here? Fucking comedian. <laughs> Rojan Kim. Hello, and welcome to the Rojan Kim cast. It's me, Rojan Kim. It's episode 209 on today, November 3rd, 2020, the most important erection of our lifetimes. Uh, I guess that could be your wedding night, maybe. The most important erection of my life. I mean, I guess that's one of the times you wouldn't live it down. Maybe the first time you ever do it. Whoa, whoa, 30 seconds in. It's getting blue. Blue? Vote blue. Are you voting blue? Uh, I'm... It's kind of hard not to in California because almost everybody on the ballot is blue. Um, But I don't know. It's hard to really like. It's easy. Okay. On one hand, you would say, I bet you, whoever you are, would say to me, you're just being cynical if you think that politics is all bullshit. Like it doesn't work. It doesn't matter. Right? Who cares? Who cares who's president? It doesn't really matter. Who cares who's city council? Who cares about anything? Um, I did care about weed being legalized. I did vote for that four years ago. Made sure to vote for that. Uh, this year, I did care about um, them uh, putting back affirmative, affirmative action. Uh, so I voted no on that, even though it's supposed to lead to systemic equality, you know, fighting systemic raci- racism uh, by imposing a form of systemic racism. Listen, in 96, I just got in under affirmative action. Okay, and then I made sure to vote it out so that nobody could come in to school like I did, okay, because of my race. That's bullshit. I don't want that to happen. So I made sure that same year we voted out, you know, I got in school summer of 96, and then, you know, by fall I was voting to get rid of that affirmative action, okay? So we passed Prop 209. It's the episode, this episode's namesake, Prop 209. Wow, isn't that interesting? Um, so, yeah. We got rid of Prop 209, all right? And made sure that you couldn't discriminate based on race in California. So effective, effectively got rid of affirmative action. You know what the outcome was? Uh, just too many Asians in the UC system. That's what it's like. The UC system is like over 20% Asian. And <laughs> once they got rid of affirmative action, because they didn't use quotas anymore and you got in just based on merit. When you got based on merit, Asians were overperforming. They're good. I mean, there aren't 20% Asians in the population. How is it 20%? How are they 20%? White people were like 17%. You know, Latinos are like 11 and black people were 10. You know, it's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? So affirmative action, of course, is a way to balance balance the scales. But what does that mean? It means you got to knock down the Asians because I think in... California uh, has a pretty high Asian population, but I don't think it's more than 10%, is it? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't, it's definitely not 20, even though it feels like it sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, like, if they wanted to... I think there's more Latinos than Asians, so you'd have to bump up the Latino population, then bump up the black population to make sure you want to equal it out. But then is it supposed to be proportionate? Is it supposed to be proportionate? You know, how are we supposed to figure this out? And who's going to do it? The people who... Gavin Newsom, he's going to... Look at what a great job he's done in California. He's going to get in there and just like, it's going to, we're going to make sure that it's only um, 5% Asian now because that's equivalent to the population. But then we need to boost up the other number. You know, I mean, this is, it's just this kind of technocratic micromanaging of society that always seems to lead in disaster. I, you know, I mean, that's not to uh, say that there aren't some successful forms of, I guess, like not smoking inside, wearing your seatbelt, you know, just little things you do. I suppose, you know, have saved lives 
maybe life is better for it. But like the one child policy, now that was too far. <laughs> See, that fucked everything up. Now you have a bunch of, uh, this is China's just chock full of version dudes who don't know how to talk to girls. There's just no girls anyway to talk to. They're just losers now, or they end up marrying North Koreans who are a hot ticket item in China. Okay. North Korean girls, hot ticket item. I don't know how the North Koreans are pretty well. They don't have a one child thing. So, you know, they got girls go figure. And that is how the market works. Okay. No matter what, no matter how you try to manipulate things, no matter how much China see China, try to control its population by having a one child policy. What ended up happening? Just a shitload of guys. Cause everybody kept killing the girl <laughs> little guys that will lead to a population crunch because you need girls to make more babies. Okay. Everybody knows this, right? I mean, some of us may argue that there are more than two genders and sexes or whatever, but you still need one to do the have the female parts to make the baby, the other one with the male parts. I know, so this is very problematic. I'm already canceled in the T community. The T's have got me now, or l- let go of me. I don't know. I, my T cell count is low. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Okay, if somebody put a syringe to your neck full of COVID and another syringe to your neck full of AIDS, which one Which one would you take? Which one would you take? And then I put a gun to your head. And don't ask me how. Maybe I have a third arm. I have a secret third arm or like a robot arm or or much more easier thing would be just to have a friend. A friend. But it's hard to get a friend. What am I going to do? Like have a co-conspirator and all this? So maybe what I got to do is rig the gun to the wall and have it operated by foot and then i have one syringe on you on either, either side of your neck and i guess the gun has to point not toward me has to point away from me well anyways that's the scenario gun to your head two syringes covid or aids which one do you take which one do you take <laughs> i mean i would take covid right would you wouldn't you take the COVID? Would you take the AIDS? I mean, I guess if you look at Magic Johnson, he's fine. But And you look at Trump, he's fine. But they're both rich and powerful men. Who's to say what would happen to just uh, Joe Schmo with no health insurance? Huh? What would happen? I think he would pick COVID. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's just me. You tell me. Tell me what you think. I don't know how I got sidetracked onto this. Um, oh, just because of the... Uh, I was talking about... <laughs> Chinese. <laughs> Talk about the Chinese. That's how we got COVID. Okay. <laughs> Talking about the Chinese. That's how we got COVID. But now the Chinese have AIDS. Okay. Lots of AIDS in China. It's everywhere. Running rampant. Or I don't know if it is anymore. It was. I had a buddy who that was his job. He would research AIDS in Africa and China. And it's like, and coincidentally, China's uh, all the way up in Africa all the time. I mean, is it a coincidence that they have AIDS? Is it a coincidence? Is it? A, I don't know. Probably. COVID? Is it a coincidence that COVID came out of China? That's SARS-2, not SARS-1. And now what am I? Uh, They say I'm a self-hating Asian. That's what they call me. Some people have called me that, but you know what? I'm not a self-hating Asian. I'm an other-hating Asian, okay? As in, I hate other Asians. (laughs) Just like a good Asian should. All right. These are jokes. These are jokes. All right. Anyways, I was talking about the one-child policy, how the government, the state, trying to manipulate things always kind of fucks up see the one child policy created all these dudes which in turn made a bunch of covid but anyways all these dudes and then they need girls so where do they get them from north korea they import girls from russia north korea whatever you know because that's what i was just trying to say market forces will prevail 
okay, in the end. And that's why there's a giant human trafficking ring going on. There's a global human trafficking ring. There are children involved. And some of the top figures of our land are, all right, uh, implicated <laughs> in letting it. And it's global. It's a human traffickers, arms dealers, drug dealers, okay? It's all connected. It's all connected, okay? Um, in fact, let's go listen to Alex Jones. Let's all go listen to InfoWars and come back. Okay. Are you back? All right. So it's voting day. It's voting day. It, I tried to vote. The whole point of all of this was I tried to vote. I went through the propositions because I was going to vote again. I vote against the, I think it's 24, Prop 24, one of them. I don't know. I wish I, I should have had the voter guide in front of me. I don't have it, okay? Prop 24, it's probably that one that says they want to bring back affirmative action. I said, no, you're going to keep those Asians in there. <laughs> keep those Asians in those schools, okay? Because then what? You got? I don't want a bunch of Asians not in college, all right? Do you understand what a nightmare that is? They could be what on the streets driving. They could be out there. But yeah, you need that. It's gonna be all. You just want to have a bunch of uh, people who shouldn't get into school in school. So then you have just dumber doctors and lawyers. Is that what you want? Dumb doctors, lawyers, scientists, or God forbid, a bunch of fucking liberal arts degree holders like that's who all come out with no job. Like, why would you keep repeating this ridiculous cycle? I came out with a degree in psychology and political science. They're absolutely useless. I mean, they're absolutely, I mean, no, I could have had a profession. I could have taught or something, but I mean, and it, it, if anything, it's helped me do comedy and deal with people. But beyond that, you know what I mean? And that's maybe what it's for. Maybe that's what it's for. But I mean, is that stuff I could have maybe learned through life experience on my own? I don't know. There's no way to say it. I don't regret. I don't, on it, let me tell you, as a young wild Asian, I don't regret not being in school because if I was, I would be dead. I would be dead if I was not in school. You know what I mean? I would be dead if, a lot of these kids have nowhere else to go. Do you understand? I mean, and I'm going to come from it from a less racist perspective and more of one of an empathetic one where I'm like, dude, these kids, that's their, the college is their only shot to get out of school, these fucking Asian kids, okay? And they're, you don't understand what kind of life they've been living. They're, they've basically been living like a double life where you have to be like one way you know, uh, at home and one way outside. And maybe I'm also speaking in an antiquated way because this is how I grew up, and it's probably pretty different now, I'd imagine, okay? Things may be more liberal socially, whatever. I mean, my parents came here in the fucking 70s so they're sort of trapped in that mindset but people coming over here now maybe they're um i don't know they have different they have a different mindset about everything maybe they're like go ahead get out there be a kid be an american kid you gotta do i mean actually that is i bet what happens and those kids are the most lost all right those kids (laughs) those kids usually die before they even they don't even make it to college all right so anyways get for good kids for kids who've been acting good yeah, they've probably been living some kind of shifty double life, okay? Sneaking out. I know I did. I snuck out. I stole the car. I was fucking hiding under the my girlfriend's bed, you know? Like, just fucking doing drugs. Like, fuck it. You know, I was a bad, I was a bad boy. I needed an environment away from my parents where I could fail on my own and almost kill myself on my own so that I could realize that, okay, I'm no longer under the control of my parents i'm no longer under you know their purview i did you know whatever this is me this is all me this is all me you know and coming to terms with that and being like fuck i gotta do something about this 
I was like on academic probation. I was about to fail. I was, you know, I had been depressed for like a year straight, didn't go to class, just failed out. And then, you know, one day I was like, maybe I should just kill myself. You know, maybe I should just kill myself. I mean, there's not what I'm like failing. I felt like a total failure. I couldn't turn to my dad. I couldn't, I have no mom. I couldn't turn to my aunt really. I don't know. I just couldn't turn to anybody. It didn't feel like it. I was in a deep, dark hole. You know, the cliche of depression. That's what it is. And so I remember being at the BART station in Oakland, looking at an oncoming BART train. That's what they call the trains, BARTs. And just thinking like, I'm just going to jump. I'm just going to jump. And then right as I was about to do it, I was like, fuck, I'm going to be killed by a BART. <laughs> I, like, I don't know. I just felt like it was lame. Be killed by a BART in Oakland. BART killing, running me over. I don't know. It seems like I, I'm like, look, if I'm going to get run over by a train, I might as well do it in New York, in the New York City subway, right? If I can an institution, an iconic uh, mass transportation system of this country, not the BART. The BART is, you know, it gets you to San Francisco and back, but it's not, that's it. It gets you across the bay and back. I mean, really, it's not really a useful transportation system, you know? So I decided, fuck it, I'm going to graduate and get my ass to New York or I can fucking jump into into some real train tracks like a fucking real American, okay? And then fast forward to by the time I got to New York, I didn't want to kill myself anymore, all right, and that's just life, you know, life, you zig and you zag, you have no idea what happens, okay, you want to kill yourself, and you realize, I don't want to go out like this, right, you, (laughs) at some point, you do care, at some point, you know, something I think about a lot is how Socrates said, he was famous for saying that the wisest man is the man who says he knows nothing, yet at the same time, the guy died because he wouldn't back down <laughs> from being right. You know, that's the reason he died. They were like, all right, just renege everything you said, dude, and just say, like, okay, you guys are right. And he was like, nah, I'm going to die instead. You know, he was stubborn as a motherfucker, even though he's supposed to be the guy, you know, so I guess in the end he wasn't that wise. But on the other hand, that's supposed to be principled behavior, right? You die for what you believe in. Die, you just, it's the hill you're going to die on, okay? Before the cross, before Jesus died on the cross, there was... Socrates' hemlock, you know, and we'll call that, is that the hill he died on? I don't know. I think he died in a chair probably or lying down. I feel like he just kicked it. I don't know. Or you think he was like philosophizing? Why? You think he was like, I'm going to do what I love best. And then he comes out and he's like, what is the nature of man? <laughs> and he just goes, oh, I need to die. That could happen. Well, anyways, Greeks brought us democracy. Democracy brought us here. Episode 209, Proposition 209 was... Affirmative action being repealed. Proposition 24 wants to bring it back. Okay? I voted no. I voted no on almost everything because I am now... I used to think that, you know what? Uh, We should put money in stuff and, and the state will fix it and everything will be, you know, and it'll get better that way. Turns out, I don't believe that anymore. Just doesn't feel like the state is either competent or um, well-meaning, you know? They're either corrupt or they're incompetent, right? They're either dumb or they're fucking assholes. And so either way, I'm not sure anymore if that's just, it's the answer. I mean, not to say I'm becoming an anarchist or libertarian and I have any kind of espousing any belief. I'm just saying I'm using my eyes. I'm using, you know, I'm looking around. I'm looking at the things I voted for last time and I don't, see how state is going to help us 
It's just like the metaphor I was using with the China one, pol- one child policy, right? And inevitably, they'll just smuggle in North Korean girls, right? It, that's what happened with marijuana prohibition. Inevitably, there's a black market, a thriving black market, and a whole criminal sort of uh, not only cr- criminal enterprises, but industrial complexes, you know, and prison industrial complexes coming at it. And it's all just money, right? right? Just being made out of this state policy attempting to control people's behavior. A nonviolent behavior. Well, what do you get? Crime. Yeah, you create crime, right? That's what you do. So I feel like that's, you know, it, my voting philosophy this time around was that, you know what, the state sucks. So I just don't, we're going to limit the money that the state has. Not only that, the, the state is bankrupt. Did you know that, guys? California is totally bankrupt because of all the stimulus and all the uh, unemployment stuff. They have no money. So where are they going to get all the money for this? They raise our taxes. What? Oh, the taxes of the people that don't have money? You're going to raise their? Okay. That they want to raise property taxes on businesses, right? And meanwhile, businesses are fleeing. It's like, okay, that's a great idea, guys. This is a great. We need the governor back. That you know, we need the. I'm, and this is the thing. It's like I'm. I don't have any party affiliation, but I feel like under Arnold, at least he fucking state seemed to be better off. I, well, it just seems like the Democrats can't govern. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but the Democrats, they're just not. Is it because they're corrupt or incompetent? Which one is it? Hmm. Not like the Republicans are any better, you know? But at least with them, it's like everybody's watching them. And everybody's angry at them, you know? It's not like, oh, we love Gavin Newsom. Everybody's like, we love... I mean, people here are starting to hate him, of course. But, you know, overall, like the Democratic... They're all... Like the Democratic sort of archetype is like a pretty boy. It's like pretty boy, snooty guy from a, you know, a nice school talks well he speaks well says all the right things loves blackface for some reason no idea <laughs> i don't know why they love blackface but they do usually kind of rich uh usually hypocrites you know like avenue some had his winery opened while others were closed nancy pelosi going to the beauty salon without her mask you know all that stuff okay okay so anyways out with the state Boo, state. That's what I went for. The other thing, um, I was just uh, against all incumbents. Out, out incumbents, y'all. That's what I think. That's what the only good thing I think about voting is just voting out people. I don't really know if it makes any difference, but at least get them out of a job. So, you know, Ted Lieu was my guy. And a lot of people were like, as a good Asian, I should be voting tribally for Ted Lieu. Well, you know what? As a, as a, an American, I can vote for whoever the fuck I want. All right? And uh, I guess... As an American of Korean descent, I fuck Ted Lieu. <laughs> no, that's not why. Ted Lieu did all this grandstanding over Mueller Gate. He did this whole thing. He tried to fucking get Mueller to admit that like a crime was committed, and the only reason that he couldn't uh, indict Trump was because he was a sitting president. And Mueller's like, no. I mean, he said yeah, and then he was like, no, I did. So that like he was trying to get this gotcha moment. He was doing all that, and it was all fake and bullshit. And so maybe it's not Ted Lieu's fault. See, I was I thought it was Ted Lies. Maybe it's, but maybe it's not Ted lies. Maybe it's just Ted lose the vote, lose the election. Ted lose the election. Ted lose. <laughs> just gonna keep trying to ram this Ted Lou pun, pun down your throat. Ted loses. Ted loses it all. Ted loser. Okay. Um, these are all the things his opponent could have said. Maybe could have. Could, uh, they couldn't have done. He could not go, Ted Lieu single-handedly spread the coronavirus in Los Angeles County just by going to Wuhan, China in November. You know, <laughs> Ted Lieu's family, Ted Lieu, his real name is Ted Wu, 
who's in charge of the Wuhan Institute of Virology. You know, you could have done stuff like that, real xenophobic stuff. And that stuff just doesn't fly anymore. But it used to. That's the whole thing. Like marijuana, Chinese Exclusion Act, all that stuff was based on real xenophobia. A lot of people are saying, well, so is Trump. Trump was based on real xenophobia. Uh, but I don't know if it was real in the sense. I mean, I'm sure there's some. I mean, that's America. Okay? We're racist. All right? Congratulations. We're racist. But there is a real thing about labor. The real labor issue going on. And yes, you use, just like with marijuana, they pit white labor and black labor against, you know, Mexicans and Asians or whatever. You know, they pit all the labor against each other in order to pass marijuana prohibition only so that they could have an infrastructure, you know, because they had an infrastructure already in place because of alcohol prohibition and they had all these guys who needed jobs. You get it. And you can just start locking up poor people, especially black and brown ones. You know, I get, you know, that's bad. But that's not what what's happening anymore. It's not what's happening anymore. I mean, are racial politics being used to divide? Yeah, but they kind of both are. They're both doing it. You don't see that? You don't see the headlines incessantly telling you it's like black. Black man gets killed by white police. Black man. Black black and white. Black and white. You know? Like, why? Why? Seems divisive. I don't know. Seems divisive. Seems like the shadows on the wall. You know, in Plato's cave. We're looking at the... Looking at these things going by and being like, oh, this is real. This is real, right? This is not real. The function of the media, the, the journalist, the journalist establishment used to be the guy who would come in and tell you, no, these are the, the shadows on the, ro- the wall are propaganda from the state, from corporations, from powerful people who don't want you to find out the corruption that they're engaging in. Look at this. That's what they're supposed to say. But instead... Whoever's making the shadows on the wall paid off those guys so that they come in being like, hey, this is reality, but it's actually other shadows on there. It's like a double projection. Two shadows on the wall, goddammit. The closest thing to a guy right now who's outside, for some people, is Joe Rogan, okay? <laughs> At least he's one of the most moderate ones. You know, for others, it's Alex Jones, you know, or like Nick Fuentes or whoever. Um, people who, you know, they listen to these people, they listen to their point of view, they listen, they believe in the, what they're saying and believe in a worldview that makes sense, it's orderly. And it, I understand, I understand why. I understand why, because otherwise it's chaos out there and chaos is not friendly to life, you know? Chaos, I mean, chaos can create a bit, or you need order out of that. It's a goddamn yin-yang thing again. But I know, for me, I had a completely chaotic life right as I, you know, from high school into college. And then when I was kind of thrown into chaos with nobody to help me, nobody around, I didn't even talk to my parents or dad or anybody, you know, I didn't talk to anybody having all these this difficulty. And then death is, seems like an easy solution because it finally ends things, right? Finally ends it, you know, there's a stress that comes along with uncertainty, right? Anxiety, you know, and it finally just brings you peace and ends it. Right. And a lot of people, you can understand why they would like that. But it isn't necessary. But I also realized that I wanted to live, you know, that life, life comes out of, you know, maybe if I create order in my life, I could find something better. I could do something with myself. I could, I don't know, whatever that drive is. Maybe it's just a survival instinct. Maybe somebody instilled that into me, taught me it. Maybe it's just some innate thing. I don't know. Okay. But, you know, you use that and you find something find something people find religion people find love people find their profession people find politics people find something they just need structures to guide themselves 
to, to, to community. You need community. You need to find something. So I get it. I get it. I can't expect everybody, you know, flat earthers. It, it makes sense. Flat earthers, it all comes down to just God, right? Just believing that there's something bigger than yourself out there. So you could just kind of let go. You don't have to worry about the entire universe inside of your brain. Try to fathom the entire like cosmos with your tiny little monkey brain. You can't do it. So why even try? Or why hold on to it? That's the other thing. I don't know. Maybe with me, the drugs. Definitely the drugs. <laughs> the drugs. Psychedelic experiences. Meditation. Psychoanalysis. You know, these things have helped me come to some kind of orderly system. Something for myself. Um, at least to just hang in there in the face of having nothing. In the face of having no natural sources of these things. Meaning parents, really. I mean, parents... Look, parents provide a... A network, uh, a structure, a superstructure, a sort of like framework for reality. They provide everything, and it's so taken for granted, you know, because everybody has them usually. I mean, at least one or two. You know, there's some guiding force there. I mean, there are people who are orphans, right? There are people who are cast aside. There are people who are neglected. So, like, you know, I was a child of neglect. So there are plenty of people out there who don't have that, and a lot of them are criminals, okay? <laughs> They're deviants and criminals. Should be locked up. I know. I was one of them. If I hadn't gone to college, I would have gotten locked up. All right, bringing it back to college. Anyways, organizing principles. You know, people look for them. People need them. People look for answers. They just say it's all palliatives. It's like mask wearing. Mask wearing, honestly, look, I don't I don't bug people about wearing masks. You want to wear a mask, wear a mask. But I don't want to wear a mask, especially outside. I'll wear it inside and make you feel better or whatever, but I don't wear it outside because at that point, it's ridiculous. You have to, you can't just, I'm not going to wear it outside just so you feel comfortable. Just because you're wearing your mask so you feel comfortable. Because that's really all it is and that's fine. You know? There's the Listen, scientifically, yes, that masks are efficacious in a sterile environment where someone may be infected and, someone, you know, and so on and so forth. But if masks are that effective, why aren't they all using bandanas in hospitals? Why doesn't everybody use a bandana, huh? Why aren't they all using cloth masks? You know why? Because they have to be sterilized. They don't work if they're not sterile. Then you have to wash them all, you know, so you have to have these sterile masks. So the sterility is a big part of it. Okay, how sterile is it outdoors? Huh? How sterile is it out there when you're touching your hands, you're touching your face, you're interacting with the face? How sterile is it? Okay, how effective is it in, a, in when there's air blowing around? You're not inside, you're outside. There's air blowing around, sunlight. And uh, do you think the virus particles can't penetrate your mask or your orifices? You can't, they can't do that? And you think the other, and then the only, so really the mask, what it's supposed to be doing is catching particles coming out. So this is under the presupposition that you have it now. Now you got it, you're breathing it out. Did you know there are some scientific studies that suggest that if you do have a virus and you have a mask on and you breathe out through it, you are actually aerosolizing it, making it travel even farther. You could be actually be making it worse. You could be making it worse. The thing is, it's hard to do these studies on these masks outside because there's so many confounding variables. Okay, You can do it in these laboratory settings, very sterile environments, control them, and come to a conclusion, but that doesn't necessarily make it so outside. Okay, So this is what we've done. We've taken a piece of science that works in a very specific environment and then extrapolated that to the outside world where there's no proof that it works like that at all. You know what I mean? There's no proof that, that that's actually what happens. 
right? There's no, it's like, um, you know, it's like saying that like you, you come out, the fire is very effective for warming, okay? Very effective for warming, you know, and very safe in a controlled environment. So then you should just go ahead and set things on fire, right? But obviously, that's there's so many variables with the fire that you can't you have to you you can't control the environment. So the only way to control that fire is to create a, an indoor maybe environment, a smaller environment, put it in a pit. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe it's not the best metaphor, but all I'm saying is that the mask is a symbolic form of uh, feeling safe. Not really doing much, but it's making you feel safe, okay? And that's fine. That's fine. But at some point, I guess you have to make a choice. It's like, do you perform the gesture at all times, or are you gonna, are you gonna assert reality, you know, or what you think is your form of reality? Everybody is trying to tell you now. No, it's like it's like the shadows on the wall. Everybody is trying to tell you, you know, like, this is reality. And at some point. I gotta, I'm just like, nah, nah, it's not, we don't have to, come on, we can live in the, I'll play your game inside, I'll do it, but not outside, we, gotta, we still have some freedom somewhere, I don't know, that, is that a value, is that a value, is that an organizing principle, can freedom be an organizing principle, liberty, the constitution, any of these things, or should it be God and the family, traditional religious institutions is that what we have to should we turn back to those things is it science science doesn't work that way though see that's the whole thing the, the along with the mask thing this idea that like you know you take in a thing here masks work in this environment so we're going to extrapolate to get out here you know that's not how science works science would then have to test that and then come up with a way of testing it and then figure out there's really no way of testing it okay science is not a religion Science is, there's no dogma. There's no like science says, and then you go, okay. And then you listen to the experts and you go, okay, that's actually anathema to science. That's the opposite of what science is, okay? Science is conversation, constant checking, constant checking, back and forth, making sure you offer it up to be challenged. Go ahead, prove me wrong, prove it wrong, disprove it, or try to do it again, replicate it. That That's science. So there's no, listen to the experts, and the experts, that's, that's like a priest class. That's a priest class right there. Trying telling you that you gotta listen to God. Listen to the word. Listen to the word. Don't question. Listen to the word. This is the human beings or the intermediaries between you and the divine. And they're telling you that you shouldn't question the words written by man who are connected to the divine. Okay? That was a man who was connected to who wrote those laws. But we're saying that no, he the divine is speaking through him and you have no access to it. Okay. All right, fine. You know everything, and I know nothing. Okay, that's great. Okay. There's no logic anymore, right? There's no more critical thinking in our society. There, uh, there's very little of it because we, you need a, if you need a whole society susceptible to advertising, you, you can't have them be all like, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense when they watch a commercial. You know what I mean? They got the shadows on the wall. You got you to gotta make sure everybody... And then you, you, know, you just the genius part of adding multiple shadows, right? Multiple shadows, multiple layers, multiple reporters, all these people coming in being like, no, those aren't the shadows. These are the shadows and that's the sun. And then you and then you realize the sun is actually just a projection of the sun. And then somebody else comes and goes, no, no, that's not the sun, that's the sun. You know, and it's just an industry, right? Create this whole industry. People are paying money. People are paying money. People are paying money with their eyeballs, with their clicks, whatever, with their dollars to just 
get some information and try to understand what's going on here. What's going on? Right? Um, so, anyways, voted out the incumbents. Uh, and, then I, and then Trump. <sighs> this is a crazy thing. The, the Democrats have succeeded in turning the sitting president into the outsider. It's, I don't, it's fucking bizarre. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. They did it. Good for them. Good for them. They, cre- <laughs> they made Trump more of an anti-establishment character somehow, even though he's the president. You could put pin everything on Trump right now because he is the state. He'd be like, he fucked all this up, the pandemic thing like they wanted to do. They hadn't come after him for Russia. They could go after him for the wars, for Yemen. You said you would end the wars, but you didn't. You said you, would give, you wouldn't give tax breaks to the rich, but you did. You said you wouldn't do this and that, but you did. You could, they could get him and all that, but now they can't because they're so compromised by their own stupid lies. Their own stupid lies. That first you had the Russiagate thing, okay? People still believe that Russia had something to do with Trump getting elected last time when there's absolutely no evidence. There's no evidence for it, okay? That, uh, okay, there's evidence that they might have tried to make the Facebook ads and there's evidence that they might have tried to take the polling data and there's that evidence, okay? But there's no evidence that the Trump campaign colluded with the Russian government, okay? There's no evidence of it. And the evidence they tried to use to get start that investigation ended up being bullshit, okay? Um... So look up what happened with the FISA warrant and Carter Page, okay? Uh, there was, um, I'm blanking on the name of the FBI operation that, like, uh, Crossfire Hurricane. There we go. It was Operation Cross, look up Crossfire Hurricane, okay? But they found out that it was that the FBI omitted facts from the original claim to their warrant to go after this guy, Kai, uh, Carter Page, who's, who they said was working with the Trump campaign and talking to the Russians, the problem is the thing they omitted was that Carter Page is actually a CIA asset who was used to talk to the Russians. So they knew he was talking to the Russians because he worked for the CIA. He wasn't some secret guy. you know. He wasn't some guy not in the government's uh, pocket. He was a guy in the government's pocket. So he was a fucking... You know what I mean? So they, the FISA warrant is a foreign intelligence fucking something, secrecy act or some shit, right? So it's like you can just get a warrant on someone violating the constitution just by saying that like, oh, it's foreign intelligence is working with foreign intelligence. So like they were saying Carter Page is working with foreign intelligence, but the whole time he's actually working with our intelligence, talking with foreign intelligence. That's what's in Crossfire Hurricane, among other things. Among other things, there's a this whole testimony that came out of, um, uh, I think it's called CrowdStrike. CrowdStrike, the guys that said that like, they have proof that the Russians exfiltrated the DNC data, the whole hack and the email thing. Remember all that? That's that's the proof that the Russians helped, right? That they they hacked the data and gave it to the Trump camp, released it, and all this damning evidence, and that was the Russians, and they did it, okay? You have the NSA, of William Binney, former head of the NSA cryptography department. First of all, the NSA says with moderate certainty, not absolute certainty, moderate certainty that that happened. William Binney, former... He's a whistleblower at the NSA, so take that for what you will. He exposed the domestic spying program that Snowden ultimately confirmed, but like he, you know, he blew the whistle on that thing way before Snowden. He says that there's no way that it was exfiltrated because the data rate that was after the forensic thing of the server, the DNC server, the data rate was similar to that of a USB stick, not any kind of like wi-fi transmission or anything like that. so it seems more like somebody took a usb stick stuck it in and that's how the data got quote unquote exfiltrated which sounds more like a leak than a hack right 
So maybe the Russians sent an agent personally into the DNC headquarters to their server and plugged in a USB. I mean, maybe they did that. Or maybe somebody who worked at the DNC, a staffer, decided, I can't deal with this corrupt bullshit anymore. I'm going to leak this to WikiLeaks. I don't know. I mean, anyways, there's no evidence of a hack. Okay. CrowdStrike themselves, the company that said, no, 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 we found there's evidence. When they were put on the stand, they had to admit they didn't have evidence they said they they were pretty they were so certain they had evidence that they acted as if they had it but that's what they literally said they they said they literally had nothing and acted anyways without it and then said yep the russians hacked so now listen to what the narrative is with most people they'll say trump putin ordered the hack on the dnc they got the hillary email stuff that james comey released the thingy you know they're talking about how everybody's all in concert and that's fucking bullshit then okay keep going you find out now with the Durham shit coming out, you find out that fucking James Comey, Brennan, they all knew that Hillary and Obama knew that Hillary Clinton was coming up with this Russian story in order to distract from the email thing. This was back in fucking before, as before the election, okay? Uh, then fucking Comey, after Trump gets elected, goes to him. Trump and goes, hey, dude, uh, there's all this shit about you and Russia and like a P-tape and stuff. And meanwhile, okay, also to go back a little, the Democrats, not only did they hire CrowdStrike to come up with the fake evidence of Russia hacking them, they also hired Fusion GPS to do, um, what is it, uh, like uh, information gathering for uh, Trump against Trump just to use against him. You know what I mean? So Fusion GPS... Through Fusion GPS, they found the Steele dossier. You know, they hired Christopher Steele to manufacture it. Who and he just made it up. Of course, Steele dossier ended up being complete bullshit, all made up. As the main piece of evidence to start the FISA warrant, to start this whole thing, Mueller investigation, all of it. It all starts through that. Turns out to be bullshit. Anyways, Trump gets in. Fast forward to James Comey. He gets in privately and is like, "Hey, we got all this dirt." coming down the pipeline i don't know if it's true or whatever but just just so you know you know you should just kind of like play ball you know what i'm saying you should just kind of play ball and we'll make sure you're okay and he was just like what what and he fucking lost his shit and he didn't realize this is how people do it in washington he had no idea but the thing is he knew he was innocent so he was like go ahead fucking good yeah and then he asked comey hey are we are you gonna be loyal to me what's going on here are you gonna be loyal to me and then comey was like Man, i don't know i don't know i don't know maybe if maybe if you play ball so then he fired him that's why he fired and then once he fired him remember everybody's like we need a special investigator blah 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 blah. that shit is all coming out doesn't matter none of it matters none of it matters none of it matters okay the hunter biden laptop thing none of it matters uh the fact that the bidens are corrupt that they're paid off by the chinese the ukrainians the russians that they've just fucking money for access all of that okay none of it's being argued they're just saying it's russian disinformation but the why not just say it's not our laptop none of that is real well that's not him in the he's not smoking crack with lady gaga in there at all no that's not her hunter biden and none of that it just doesn't matter okay the thing that i see with my eyes beyond the shadows is that i was told for four years that donald trump is a russian agent uh that there's evidence of it and it's coming down the pipeline and they're all going to jail there's evidence of it and also that he was being impeached for ukraine because he was trying to investigate joe biden who would become his political opponent so he was trying to interfere with the 2020 election so we got impeachment for that too 
and he threatened to not give weapons to these Nazis, but he ended up giving it to the Nazis, and that's fine. The Nazis who were actually instilled by Biden because he ran point on the Ukraine thing during the Maidan revolution. Look up the Maidan revolution. Look at who we supported. The far-right nationalists, okay? Extreme far-right nationalists. In fact, the reason Obama didn't give him weapons is because, well, they're Nazis. I don't know. Not fired up about Nazis, but they're not dead. You know? But then Trump was, like, backed into a corner because they were basically, like, if he didn't sell those Nazis, those weapons, that they would have gotten him because that's what he was the, the quid pro quo. So he did it so they didn't have the quid pro quo or whatever the fuck, which is also made up. Okay? So they armed the Nazis. They made him arm the Nazis. <laughs> Because he is a Nazi, I guess. The whole party who says he's a Nazi are the ones who put the Nazis in power in the first place. Okay. We got him in there. Okay. And still no evidence. They haven't produced anything. There's See, here's the thing. There's, there is evidence of the email, of Hillary's emails, because we know they're missing. And there's also evidence of her corruption because they came out. You remember the, the shit that came out about her giving speeches to Wall Street and telling them that she says one thing to the people, but don't worry, we got your back. You remember that shit came out and then all this weird Pizzagate shit also came out and all this stuff came out. And then it also came out that they were getting the questions from CNN ahead of time. Then it also came out that they fucking, they fucked Bernie, that they basically fucked Bernie and stole it from him. All that stuff came out. Okay, all that stuff came out. Russian disinformation, all that stuff came out. All right, that's real. Hunter Biden's laptop. Hunter Biden's laptop is real. It's like a real thing. There's evidence, pictures, emails, texts, correspondence. This is all this is fucking physical evidence. Physical evidence. T- tons of it. Trump and Russiagate. There's no physical. Ev- there's no physical evidence. I don't see any. Give me a text, an email, something, a picture, picture of him and Putin exchanging money i don't know smoking crack together whatever give me the pick give me give me something show me show me the evidence there's nothing there's nothing and i'm supposed to believe you i'm supposed to believe you over the other side the other side has tons of evidence you have no evidence and i'm supposed to believe you because you're the good guys just like i'm supposed to believe you about the masks just like i'm supposed to believe you that the dead are choking the streets there's dead people everywhere the plague is here there's triage the hospitals are overfilled and we're all dying we're dying we're dying no we're not they're trying to tell you we are, but we're not. They're trying to control us with fear. They're trying to control us with the shadows on the wall, but we're not. You're fine. If you're listening to this, you're fine. I hope you're not on a ventilator in the hospital dying from COVID <laughs> listening to this. Well, actually, maybe I hope you do. Maybe that will bump my numbers up. The numbers, if the hospitals are overflowing and everybody's listening to the Rojan Kim cast, my numbers would be overflowing. Oh, my God. It's actually great for me. Wow. I way to make it about me, all the people who are getting sick and dying. It's about me. No, it's not. Okay? You know why? Because it's not real. Not to say people aren't getting sick. Okay? I'm not saying it's not the virus isn't real. I'm not saying, you know, there's a government could be I'm not, I'm not saying any of it. Okay? I'm just saying use your eyes. Use your brain. Look around. Look at your family. Look right at you. The, the, look at yourself. Look at your own health. Okay? I'm going to tell you right now, the most important erection of your life is yours, okay? It's not the general erection, the national erection, the local state erection. None of these erections matter. The only erections that matter are yours, okay? The inner circle. Your own circle of erections. That's what matters. Now, if you're in some kind of circle jerk and there's a bunch of erections in there, and I guess then I guess they matter too. I guess all erections matter at that point. 
But until then, just remember that the most important erection of your life is yours. You know? And that's all, you know, is this the, an ex- existential threat? Is this erection all about an existential threat to our lives? I don't know. I don't know. I just know that after one erection, I usually have another. And if not, go to bluechew.com. Bluechew.com and use the code KIMCAST in order to get 20% off your first order. And that first order is actually free. <laughs> it's free shipping for that first order. And good. Get on and go to bluechew.com and get the bluechew. They're sweet. Sweet, delicious candies for your dick, and they get so hard because if you can't, if your erection right now, the erection right now doesn't last for the rest of your life, what good are you? If you want an erection for the rest of your life, eat a blue chew every day. It says, okay, it says don't take more than one every 24 hours, but if you took one every 25 hours, golden. You know what I mean? You're golden. I mean, who came up with the state came up with that? All right. Golden. You're free. You're free. Get out there. Okay. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the Roger and Kim cast. Uh, you can find me on the Apple and the Stitcher and the Google Spotify. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just find me out there. Find me out there. Ding, ding, ding. Get your wife's phone. Ding, ding, ding. Just hit the subscribe button. Smash the likes. Whatever. Do all that stuff. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye.